This week's episode of Inquisitive is brought to you by Cards Against Humanity and Igloo. My name is Dan Provost, and my favorite album is Illinois by Sifjan Stevens. So, the previous two episodes, um, I've been quite lucky that I not only have known the album, but it's been one of my favorites, and that has been just pure chance. Um, I, you know, what, with what I've been doing with this series is picking people that that I like and that I know have a great love of music, um, and talking to them. Now, I don't know, you know, I know the albums in advance a little bit because I ask you to tell me them, but it, you know, I I haven't had the amount of time to become incredibly familiar with this album like I have the others. Like I've listened to it a couple of times, but I don't. I've never heard. I actually never heard of Sufjan Stevens. Nice. I'm glad I could introduce this album to you. So it's it's been a it's been a new experience for me and it kind of puts me in a different kind of feeling for this episode because I feel less prepared, right? Because I don't have years and years of like of my own feelings about this album to bring to this. Uh-huh. So I kind of what I'm interested in trying to find out today is to why why is this your favorite? Because I've never heard of this album. I've never seen it on a on like, you know, on a top 10 albums of all time kind of list or anything like that. So out of everything, why why did you pick Illinois? Um, well, it, it wasn't an easy decision. And uh, I'm conferring my notebook here. I had, I had made a list of about eight albums that were in the running, um, which I can share with you if you're curious, but we don't have to get into that. What are those eight? Okay. Uh, the albums I wrote down that were Possibilities... Uh, Radiohead Kid A, The National Alligator, um, Sufjan Stevens, Illinois, Interpol, Turn on the Bright Lights, Modest Mouse, The Moon in Antarctica, Explosions in the Sky, The Earth is Not a Cold Dead Place, uh, Pearl Jam Yield, and The Streets, A Grand Don't Come for Free. The Streets is one that I love. I figured you would, Mike. Yeah, it's obvious, <laughs> right? So, what made you pick Illinois then? Like, what out of that list? Because that's a list of there's some big stuff in there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it was just kind of a gut feeling. I think um, Sifion since since about you know 2004 when I started to get into him, um, he's been one of my favorite artists and. I remember when this album came out, it was one of those rare opportunities where you have that high anticipation for an album. Uh, like many of these albums that I just listed, I weren't, I wasn't anticipating they, they kind of already existed and I discovered them after the fact for the most part. Um, so this was one of those rare opportunities when I was really looking forward to this album and you know, you were following online and when the track list is revealed you're kind of diving into that and uh and stuff like that so and i remember just listening to it for the first time and um just being blown away by it um you know for a number of reasons it's it's a it's an epic album i mean that word is overused but i think it applies to this album it's it's sad it's 
hilarious in some parts. It's uh, There's all kind of musical styles represented here. So just kind of an album that has everything. And so I think, you know, if you're if you're playing the Desert Island game and, and had to pick one album, this for me would be the one that I think I just got the most... Uh, <laughs> the most out of because it has so much in it i guess it's a huge album so 22 tracks right uh yes yeah so i'm actually curious i wanted to interview you a little bit what what was your impression after getting to hear it for the first time so i actually i've listened to bits and bobs over the last week but i took some time out today and listened to the entire thing Mm -hmm. and i think i loved it good (laughs) like it's good to hear it didn't like blow me away, right? Like I, I and mm-hmm. I don't think it could. I don't think it's an album that could because it's very calm, it's very mellow. But it, it was, it was. I was kind of doing. I was listening to it while I was working, and then I was kind of just relaxing a bit and listening to it, and mm-hmm. it fit perfectly for both of those kind of uh, modes. It was. It's mm-hmm. a very calming album, and it's got a lot of ambiance to it, which is really nice. And it's. I found it very nice to just have on in the background. It wasn't offensive to me, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. So, do you know, like the whole, the deal with this album, like his whole Fifty States project? I everything? read about this a little bit on on wikipedia but tell tell the people what 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 was this about why is it called illinois do you know yeah so so uh in 2003 he put out an album called michigan which is i believe the state he grew up in and it was this the same kind of thing It, it was an album about a state in the united states but that's kind of what that's only what the album is about on the surface, but you'll actually find as you, you know, listen to it and dig into the lyrics, there's a tremendous amount of personal narrative kind of woven into uh, just like superficial things about the state, uh, which is even more exaggerated on on this record, Illinois. So anyway, when he when he released Michigan, he said it was the beginning of a project to to make an album about every state in the United States. So it was, it was a 50 album project, uh, which I, at the time just assumed was a joke. And it was re- later revealed that, yeah, of course that was a joke. Like, he's cause it gonna... would take like a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, but if there's one person that could do it, it would be Sifion Stevens. Cause he is one of the most prolific songwriters out there today i mean the uh, the amount of material that he produces is pretty insane um so i thought if anyone could do it it would be him but i kind of figured that was a gag and he so he put out michigan and then bizarrely the next album he put out was seven swans so he kind of abandoned the 50 state project already uh but then following that album up is when he came out with Illinois. Um, and so those are, to date, those are the only two state albums uh, that he's put out. And it seems fair to say that he's not going to put any more out because he's, he's put out two more albums since then that have nothing to do with the United States. So that's kind of the end of that. But it was, it was kind of a funny idea when he first proposed it. So you mentioned your uh, anticipation for the album. Um, cause when it came out, it came out in 2005, right? Yeah. So it's actually the 10 year anniversary this year. So 
you mentioned like looking up track lists and and stuff like that. Had you heard any of the material or much of the material before the album was released? I don't. So yes. Uh, so this was the era of my life where I was comfortable downloading leaked albums. Ah, yes. I uh, I had this. I I really went through this phase yeah. as well. Yeah. So this I believe this album came out in July, but I know for certain I must have downloaded a leaked version because I can remember with great clarity the first time I listened to it and it was in my dorm room sophomore year of college and you know, I wouldn't have been in school in July. So it was, it must've been like May or even April, uh, when I first heard this album. And, um, yeah, I remember, I remember I was, so it was actually my roommate, Pat at the time is who, uh, is who introduced me to Sufjan Stevens. And so that was kind of fitting. Um, and I just, I downloaded it and loaded it up in Winamp on my Dell Tower PC. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, just those those first, you know, the, the creaking of the piano bench and those first uh, piano notes when the album starts is, I, I knew I was, you know, in for something pretty awesome. Did it live up to the expectation? Like, I know that you now say it's your favorite album, but things can still, like... You can you can build it up way more in your mind, you know. Mm-hmm. Did it when you when you first heard the album? Did you did you feel like you'd waited for a good reason? Totally, yeah. I think this is one of those rare albums for me that not only did it blow me away when I listened to it for the first time, but it also grew on me over time, which is kind of a rare feat for an album to to have it both ways. Um, so yeah, I remember just being so excited and, and we actually, uh, my roommate and I, we had a, a little college radio show that we hosted every week and I was basically just like, you know, uh, petitioning to just basically play almost every track off this album uh, <laughs> on our on our next radio show because I was so excited about it. Um, yeah, and then it just became, you know, a, a part of my life and I just revisit it every so often and... I think it holds up really well too. So obviously when the album was out, like, you know, if you said you were in college and, and like, how, how old were you at the time? Uh, let's see. So 2005, so I was about 20. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I was 20. Did anything about the album speak to you specifically with things that were going on with you or was it just purely a musical work that, that spoke to you? Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm generally, I remember you and Faith were talking about, uh, you know, lyrics versus music, which you kind of absorb first. Mm -hmm. And I'm on the other side, I mostly hear the music first, and then only later kind of dive back into the lyrics. Um, So some of my favorite songs, I I might not even, you know, fully know the lyrics to, which might sound weird to some people. That sounds Um, insane to me. Yeah. But but the real, the real favorites, you know, I, 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 you know, dove in far enough to where I'm I'm kind of familiar with all aspects of it. But, um, but yeah, the, you know, the first few listens was just like, this is beautiful and this is, you know, incredibly moving 
And then when you start to dive into the lyrics, um, yeah, certainly there were, there were things maybe that didn't speak to me in a, in a kind of direct and obvious way, but there's lots of themes in this album about, you know, having kind of a sense of, of place and your place in this world. And this, these ideas of kind of like road trips or, or like getting away from something or kind of finding something new. And, and those are all themes that, you know, certainly can relate to any college student who's kind of, you know, moved away from home for the first time and, and trying to figure out, you know, who they are or, or uh, you know, their place in this world. So I think on that level, certainly there's, there's a lot in the lyrics that, that spoke to me. No, I want to take a quick break here, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the effect that the album has um, on you, Dan. But this episode of Inquisitive is brought to you by Igloo, the internet that you'll actually like. We love to find great devices, right? That's something that we all love. We love to take great care in the devices that we pick because we love the experience of using them. We are people that love experiences. So when you're using your internet in your company or your organization, that should be a great experience too. So why do so many of us have to stare at internet products that look like they were built at the turn of the century, that look like they were built when the internet was first invented? Well, this is where Igloo comes in to fix all of this for you. Not only can Igloo be customized to look exactly the way that you want with all the colors, the fonts, and the logos that you desire, but with its responsive design, it automatically optimizes all of this and all of the customizations that you make to look fantastic on every device that you own. Igloo is there to help you do your best work, but to make it look its best too. You can share files, coordinate calendars, provide status updates to your colleagues or employees, and manage your projects together. Igloo is not just for traditional internet stuff like HR policies and expense forms. It's also there to help you work better with your team. Igloo's latest upgrade involves documents and the way that they are managed and the way that you interact with them, gather feedback and make changes. They have a great document preview engine that makes sure everyone's on the same page. And talking about being on the same page, you can now see who has tracked and read critical information, like for example, you have policy documents that need to be acknowledged, or you have legal agreements that need to be acknowledged. All of this can be done without running around with a piece of paper and getting everybody to sign it. You can just see who has read it and who hasn't. Super simple. If your company has has a legacy internet that looks like it was built in the 90s, you should be giving Igloo a try. They understand that love doesn't just happen overnight, so if you sign up right now, you can try out Igloo for free for any team of up to 10 people for as long as you want. This is a fantastic deal, so go try it out right now, igloosoftware.com slash inquisitive. Thank you so much to Igloo for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. When you listen to the album now... Uh, does it still have an emotional effect over you that is more than just the enjoyment of the music? I think so. Yeah, I, I think now that I've um, now that I'm so familiar with it, I, I think some of the the lyrics can hit pretty hard at times. Um, I mean, there's some stuff in this album that is just devastating, for lack of a better word. Um, I mean, to bring up one example, uh, Casimir Pulaski Day, which is, you know, essentially a song about 
someone dying of cancer and, you know, your confrontation with that and, and questioning your faith um, or questioning his faith. Sunday night when I clean the house, I find the card where you wrote it out with the pictures of your mother. And then, you know, John Wayne Gacy Jr., which is kind of a miracle of a song in that he managed to write a song about a serial killer that is not, uh, that actually works somehow. And then at the very end, he essentially compares himself to a serial killer in a way that's just like sad and touching and honest and not, you know, campier or cheesy or anything, I think is a pretty, pretty amazing feat. And on his best behavior in a dark room on the bed, he kissed them all. He'd killed 10,000 people with a slight of his hand running those, I mean, those two songs are two of my favorites on the album. And there's just, you know, certain lines from those songs and other songs that just, that hit really hard and, and continue to, to this day. So you just mentioned those two. Are they your absolute favorites or are they just the ones that bring out the most emotion to you? Like what are your, your most treasured tracks? Um, I mean, those two, I think my favorite overall is probably... The predatory wasp of the Palisades is out to get us. The titles are insane, aren't they? Like they are, they are crazy. <laughs> they are indeed, and I think that that hits on um, what's kind of nice about this album, and what why I think maybe. I, Personally, it appeals to me and and appeals to my sensibilities is it's an album that at times is tremendously serious and sad, but on the flip side, there's also moments of just pure silliness. And I think that, uh, I think that suits my personality quite well, where it's like serious without being self-serious. And there's these moments of levity to kind of break up, frankly, just like the utter devastation of uh, of some of these songs. Um, so it's just a, it's a really nice balance throughout. Do you still listen to it frequently? Yeah, I'd say I'd listen to it. Um, yeah, I don't know how often. A few times a year, at least. Um but, you know, maybe I might put it aside for a few months and then revisit it. And, um, and you know, he's, you know, he's continues to put out material. So that generally gets my attention. Um, you know, like he just put out a new album, actually, uh, a couple months ago. So I've been listening to that a lot. But, yeah, I'll still revisit this every every so often. So you're also a fan of his other work as well. Like it's not just this album. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think he's, um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm like hesitate to make this like super hyperbolic statement, but I <laughs> I basically think he's the greatest living songwriter, which I say with full awareness that like Bob Dylan is still alive. <laughs> so uh, prepare your email inbox uh, for that one. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's just insane what he's accomplished. And like I was like I was saying earlier, just how prolific he is. I mean, the amount of material he put out from, you know, like 2003 to 2006 is any, any other band would be satisfied with that material over like a 20 year span. And he, you know, put it out in four years. Um, and it's all good. And like this album, for example, you know, is crazy epic, you know, it's 74 minutes long. And yet the, the following year he released the avalanche, which is, uh, essentially all of the like b-sides and outtakes and like extra material they couldn't fit on this album it's like it was enough to make a completely new album that is pretty dang good in its own right you know it's maybe not as good as illinois but there's some tremendous songwriting on that album as well so it's just i'm continuously blown away by his songwriting and and what he's able to accomplish do you know why he makes so much music? I don't know. Um, it's uh, And it's interesting because he's kind of gone through phases. Uh, like I said, from, from kind of 2003 to 2006, he was just putting out basically an album a year. And he was also doing these kind of like Christmas songs on the side. And... Uh, it was pure insanity. And I, I think maybe he got a little burnt out from that because since then he slowed down quite a bit and, and only put out an album, you know, every three or four years. Um, so I'm not sure what, what spurred on that, uh, that, that kind of four year span of, of all that material, but it, it seems to kind of come in waves, I guess. As a fan, do you want lots and lots or, can it be a bit overwhelming? Um, I I, I kind of take it however I can get it. Um, so I remember, you know, being a fan in that in that period in, in the early two thousands. And I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> like just having right. this amazing album, Illinois, and being like, "Holy crap!" He's putting out another album of just like all the B sides. You know, this is amazing. Um, but the you know the anticipation is also fun. So like his latest album, Carrie and Lowell, I think I think it had been like five years since he had put out his previous album. So there was a really long gap of just wanting new material. So it was super exciting to uh, to finally have something new. So yeah, I'll I'll take it however I can get it. Yeah, so it was really interesting that he goes through these huge spurts. Mm-hmm. And like, there's one here. Oh, in twenty in twenty twelve, silver and gold. That's mm-hmm. like a four CD, five yeah. CD epic. Yeah. So that's like his uh, his Christmas songs. So he's kind of oh, it's like a compilation type. Yeah, thing, yeah. Right? So over over the years, I feel like every year he'll he'll get together with his friends and write original Christmas themed songs and then also like perform 
you know, traditional songs in varying arrangements. And he's been doing that for, I guess, over 10 years. And he, he collected, so he'd put it, he'd put out like a volume a year basically. And, but they were kind of for friends and family only, like they were never officially released. And then he gathered them all together. He gathered five, the first five volumes together and released that. And then Silver and Gold is like the second five volumes, like right. volume six through 10 he, he released. So that, yeah, that, I mean, that in itself is, you know, those two together is, I don't know, like a hundred songs or something. So that's, it, it, it's kind of an ambitious, you know, on the side project. <laughs> is it weird that I hadn't heard of him? I don't think so. I mean, I, I guess I always think that he's pretty well known. Because he's certainly, um, he's certainly kind of a critical darling, and you know, in the in this kind of like indie music scene, he's you know he's one of the preeminent figures. So uh, I, I guess I was a little surprised, but sometimes I guess you forget what is mainstream and what isn't, and kind of what has leaked out into you know, the public, uh, consciousness. And I, I figured things like, I think a couple of his songs were in the movie, Little Miss Sunshine. So he probably got some awareness through that, like some more mainstream awareness. But again, like Little Miss Sunshine was an indie movie. So like maybe that movie isn't as mainstream as I think it is. Uh, so I was, I was a little surprised by that, but not, you know, not incredibly so. Because he's one of those people that I assume that I will, if I listened to a bunch of his music, I would recognize a bunch of it, but mm-hmm. just the name just didn't didn't click at all. Yeah, for me. yeah, yeah. I will. I I'm still interested in hearing uh, about your first your first impressions with this and how, especially because like this is kind of a bizarre album, right? Like it's about superficially it's about a state in the United States. So, uh, you know, like as someone who didn't grow up in the United States, like did, how did this album feel? Did you connect with parts of it? Did it, did it feel like America to you? (laughs) Like, you know, so interestingly, lyrically, I didn't, it didn't really, I didn't really follow with it. Um, mm-hmm. In this instance, I was paying a lot more attention to the music because there were there were things that were like I could hear were being made a a thing of, but I had no context for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it sounded like at some point they were talking about parades and like other like historical <laughs> things that were happening yeah. that had happened in uh, Illinois and Chicago, mm-hmm. um, and it was like I can tell that this is stuff, but I don't know what this stuff is. Yeah. Um, and I think, but I think the biggest thing that that I uh, took from this album is the vast different, uh, the vastly different music styles from track to track. Mm-hmm. Like there are completely different types of instruments played. There are completely different styles. Like there's one track in kind of like the middle where it's like here's an electric guitar. It hasn't been one yeah. of those in the last eleven <laughs> songs. Yeah, uh, and and I found that to be kind of fascinating um, mm-hmm. because. You know, in in the way that I love pet sounds, it's like that kind of idea. It's like here is a wall of noise. You know, here's like a a ton of different instruments. Here's a ton of different musical styles. But weirdly, I'm 
finding a way to put them all together and into a nice little package that works together. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. And I think that is one of his fortes is he has, you know, I'm looking right now at the, uh, the liner notes. Um, I'll just read it here. If you're, if you'll allow me. Mm Mm-hmm. Sufjan Stevens plays the following instruments, acoustic guitar, piano, Wolitzer, electric bass, drum kit, electric guitar, oboe, Miriam's alto saxophone, Sumnin's flute, Daniel's banjo and or Matt's banjo, depending on, depending on which was in tune, Sarah's glockenspiel, Laura's clunky accordion, a rented vibraphone, various recorders, uh sleigh bell shakers tambourine triangle and a baldwin electric church organ sofian also sings on a number of songs <laughs> so it's it, it, he he's an incredible musician like it's it's clear and i, I think on the ma- most of this album he is playing nearly every instrument and right. it's just you know multi-tracked uh so just that in itself is a is an impressive feat but yeah i think to your point if you if you start to dig deeper into his catalog, that that range of musical styles, I think, would be even exaggerated further. Like Age of Ads, for example, which is the album after this one, um, has a ton of electronic stuff that is um, really not found too much in this album. So that's kind of like another area that he was exploring for that album. So... Yeah, I think I think you'll be rewarded if you if you decide to start digging into his catalog. As a fan um, of his music, how do you feel with like these great diversions in style? I, I mean, I think it's great. Um, it's yeah. I mean, it, I think it works really well on this album because. I don't know why it works on this album. I think just everything has like a cohesive quality to it, even though, yeah, it's like there's these delicate songs like John Wayne Gacy Jr. And then kind of the big parade sounding songs. Um, But it all kind of works together and I'm not quite sure why. Um, But he certainly has... his his kind of go-to uh, styles um and he, he's kind of gone away from that a little uh in recent years but i remember the first time i heard this album there was one thing on the first listen that bothered me a little bit is there are a couple songs that's that were like very similar to a couple songs on michigan so it felt like he was repeating himself a little bit um, he has this 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 style of song that is like a like it'll usually be like kind of a a weird time signature and it kind of builds as it goes and um, there's a few on this album and there are there are a couple on Michigan as well and it made me think initially just like oh he's kind of repeating himself here but that that wore away on repeated listens and. Um, and then, yeah, as as you you know listen to more of his catalog, you see that he's kind of all over the place, but it but it somehow works. 
Okay, let me just take a quick break here to thank our friends at Cards Against Humanity for sponsoring this week's episode of Inquisitive. As you know by now, they think that the funniest thing in the world is playing the first few seconds of a 90s pop song and then stopping it abruptly, like this. My thanks to Cards Against Humanity for once again sponsoring Inquisitive and for lodging this song into my brain for the rest of the day. What formats do you own the album in? I I own it as a vinyl record, and then I also have it digitally. And the vinyl record has an extra song on it. It has track 23, The Avalanche, which I actually uh, don't, don't consider part of the canonical... Illinois album Mm -hmm. Um, just because minus that track it the album ends so nicely and there's actually this is like a really stupid thing to get hung up on but there's uh, the last track which is uh, out of Egypt it ends with just like a delicate you know plunking of a piano chord and then you hear him kind of like get up from the piano bench and it, it basically mirrors how the album begins. So I really mm-hmm. like that. I really like that kind of bracketing of the beginning and ending of the album. So when you throw an extra track on there, it kind of, it kind of disrupts that. So uh, in my opinion, that the avalanche is, is not part of the album proper. Have you ever tried to play this album for other people? Um... I don't think so. I, I've definitely told people about it. Like when it first came out, I was, I was spreading the word, uh, as much word. as I, as much the good word, yeah, as much as I could. Um, so I, I think I probably you know introduced it to many people, um, but I don't, I don't think I've ever like sat someone down and and had like a mini listening party with them. That's kind of a fun idea, though. <laughs> would you would you or do you and you know maybe that leads into being on this show do you feel like anxious that people might not enjoy it not really i mean yeah i don't have uh people can like what they they want to like you know mm-hmm. um and i think this album is like it's a real crowd pleaser like i don't i i find it hard to believe that the average person wouldn't find at least something to like in this album you know you don't have to love it you don't have to it doesn't have to be your favorite album but it's it's like it's not weird you know like i'm not recommending you know like kid a for example um like that i would maybe feel like is maybe less accessible um, but I, you know, I, I think I bought this album for my mom, uh, like one year for a birthday or something. So I think there's like a wide range of, uh, of people and, and, and styles that people like that, that this album can, um, that they can appreciate in this album. So, but yeah, if people don't like it, I mean, that doesn't bother me. That doesn't affect my enjoyment of it. Have you ever seen any of this played live? 
I have, yeah. Um, so I've seen Sufjan five times now. Uh, I actually just saw him a week ago hmm. uh, here in Austin. Um, and the best time I saw him live for, for this album was, I think he was touring in 2006. And I saw him twice, in, like I saw him a back-to-back nights in Austin. And uh, for that tour, he, he kind of went all out. So he had like a full orchestra there basically to play all the you know string parts and the the horn parts and everything so it was like a really good uh it was like the songs weren't needing to be stripped down or rearranged to play live like you're basically getting the full the full representation of the song and then of course you know there were there were changes which he likes to do and rearrangements live but um I think it was probably the best possible way to see this album live was during that tour. And finally, are you proud of this album choice? Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. I think so. Um, I've never really thought of it like that. I, I think, as I was saying earlier... I think this album suits me and I think that's ultimately why I chose this album over those other ones I named is it uh it just it just suits me well like I was talking about you know how it how it can go from being very serious and and sad and emotional and sensitive and then at the at the same time, you know, flip it and there's just, you know, this really kind of stupid and silly and boisterous and and happy moments. Um, and so that just, you know, I really connect to that and I feel like it, it just suits me and it suits how I see myself and, and want to present myself to the world. And so I think that was why I ended up choosing this album over any of the other ones um and so am i proud uh i guess so um but yeah i'm 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 satisfied with my choice <laughs>